Thank you for everything, Pastor. And let me get to preaching because the, 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 listen, I'm just getting ready to uh, just sort of break the ice and the steamrollers coming through here in a little bit and preach to you. And you're going to hear some preaching. But I want to, you know what I want to do? I want to help you for a few minutes here. And if this will help you, you know, somebody said, preachers, your sermon's original. You know what? I don't know if I have anything original. Everything I've got, I got from somebody reading or listening to a tape. And if I listen to something, Brother Teth, and it blesses me, hey, I'll take and preach it. Amen. It didn't bother. I don't care if it's, I don't care who preached it. If I can help you with it, I'll, I'll sort of fix it in my little way, you know, the way I can use it. And then I'll come right back and preach it. And I don't make any bones about that. I just, uh, Tom Malone, I was in a service one night, and Dr. Malone said, uh, somebody asked me where I got this sermon. He said, I don't know. He said, uh, it might be yours, and if it is, thank you, and God bless you. And then he went on, <laughs> you know, he preached. So uh, tonight, uh, look at Acts 27, verse 21. Acts 27, 21, but after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not to have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and uh, found uh, and sound and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further... They sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down uh, the boat into the sea under collar, as though they would have cast anchors out of the sh foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot uh, be saved. Now I'm going to preach to you and you've probably heard sermons uh, on this and I'm just going to try to uh, encourage you a little bit tonight on what not to do when the storms come. Things you should not do when storms come. You know it's important to know what to do when storms come. It's very important to know what to do in case trouble's coming. But it's equally as important to know what you should not do. See? And what you shouldn't do. You know uh, that uh, and, and the Bible gives us what to do, but it also tells us what not to do. Now, I'm going to show you uh, some things here tonight about that you should not do when storms come. Now, wait a minute. You say, but preacher, I don't have any storms. Uh, I, 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 no, no battles has come my way. But listen to me, uh, to what I'm going to tell you tonight. They will. And if you don't need this tonight, you will. Every person in this room is one phone call away from a terrible storm. Now, there's storms, Brother Jenkins, and then there's the storm. Now, this storm right here was named Eurachladron, uh, you see. Now, Paul and them had been in storms. He'd been in storms before, and these men had been in storms. But, Brother, this right here was a storm that God uh, gave us a chapter here about because he knew that I one day would have a storm and you would have storms. And maybe you're sitting there, even as I'm talking about this and thinking about that day uh, that, that where you was when that horrible storm come. Let me tell you tonight 
what not to do when the storms come. Let's pray. Father, help us as we preach. Holy Spirit of God, we ask you tonight, please, please, God, please help us tonight. Lord, I have nothing else that I can lean on tonight, not one thing that I can lean on tonight uh, besides you. And I cast myself upon thee tonight to be used of God. Help me to not say anything, Jesus, that you wouldn't say if you were standing here. Help me, Lord, to lean upon you completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul the apostle now has already stood before Felix, uh, the governor, and been tried. He stood before Festus, and, uh, and he stood before Agrippa. And uh, now he's appealed his case. And, uh, and the only reason he's here, the only reason Paul's in trouble is preaching and standing for God and doing what was right and winning souls and preaching Christ. You see, the world don't care how much you talk about God as long as you don't say much about Jesus. Amen. It's that name, uh, you see, that's that name that's above every name that, that offends people and gets to them. Uh, you get on, brother, you can get on television or anywhere, radio, anything, talk about God. It won't offend people. Brother, you start talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the virgin-born Lamb of God, and brother, it stirs things up. And when you start talking about the gospel of the grace of God and that people need to be saved, it stirs people up. Well, he got things stirred up. And here he is. But it was the will of God because God told Paul that he was a chosen vessel and that he had uh, uh, picked him out to stand even before uh, kings and governors and all that to declare his name. And so that's why all this is happening here. It wasn't a mistake that he was going. However, Paul did tell them in this chapter that it was not the time to be cut and loose to take a trip and sail. And, uh, but they didn't listen to Paul. And the storm was coming. And because they didn't listen, they got into an awful storm. Now I'm going to show you what happens here, what you should not do. Now Paul's on his way to Rome uh, to sail, to stand before Caesar to be tried. And, uh, and uh, the, here's the storm that's come upon them and what Paul said that we should not do when the storms come. I want you to look at it. I'm going to back up just a little bit uh, past our text. Uh, just a little bit uh, behind and give you some things what not to do when the storms come, when they come. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to come. Don't think you're going through life. You know what the Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 14? That we, through much tribulation, must enter into the kingdom of God. You see, that we're going to go through it and uh, that we're going to have some battles. You know, we gauge, we gauge whether God's blessing or not, but things is going good. But the truth of it is, is this right here. God's as much sometimes in the storms as he is as when the sun's shining. See, you can't, you can't go by that all the time. You see, you, uh, that God was right in the middle of this storm, and I'm going to show you. You better thank God he's in the middle of them, and I'll tell you why. Because, brother, when you're in them, I dead sure want him with me in the storm. Amen? Now, let me tell you what Paul said about what not to do when the storms come. Let me give it to you. Number one, can I say tonight, don't bind your preacher. When the storms come, don't bind the preacher. In other words, don't tie up your preacher. Uh, listen to what the man of God 
uh, has to say. Uh, if you would, look back at verse number 9 in Acts 27, 9. Look what it says. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and with much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And then down in verse 21, but after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not to have loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. Did you see what he said right there? He said, uh, you should have hearkened unto me. You should have listened. And the Bible said in verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than he believed Paul. Now let me tell you something in here tonight. And I want you to pay close attention to this. So you men in here tonight, in your business, in what you do, you may know more about uh, the business you're in. If you're a carpenter, electrician, welder, whatever you do, uh, run bulldozers, dump trucks, uh, uh, run a grocery store, you might know a whole lot more about that then your preacher knows about that business. But let me say this. When it comes, my friend, to navigating you through a storm, you better put all that knowledge that you know about business aside and go and say, Preacher, uh, let me uh, give me some help and let me uh, see what you think. Tell me what you think here. I, I know this, but I want to see what you believe is the will of God. You know what the word bishop means? Bishop means overseer. And it means this, Brother Jenkins, it means to, to oversee, to delegate, and, uh, and to administrate. But it also means that the bishop uh, uh, has the ability to see over. And you know what I'm talking about? He's looking over the playing field. Uh, he's, uh, when God saves a man and calls a man to preach and ordains that man and puts a man over a flock like this church right here, he gives that man a supernatural God-given ability to see things you can't see. Now I'm telling you, you, you say, well, I don't believe it. I'm telling you tonight, it's absolutely true. Now tonight, if this is the vessel, if this church tonight hears the vessel, then God has given one man the ability to see things the rest of us can't see. And I'm going to tell you something. I can't see maybe some things for this church that I can't see because I'm not the man of God for this church. Uh, the, uh, Brother Vasek is the man of God for this church here. And if you're a member of this church, you're under the, you're under the leadership of your pastor. And I'm going to tell you, brother, if it can keep me out of a storm and keep me from shipwreck, I'm going to go see my man of God and I'm going to ask him what do you think I ought to do about this? And if he tells me to leave the boat in the dock and leave her tied to the ropes, bless God, I'm going to leave the ropes tied up and say, hey, boys, we ain't sailing today. The man of God said it ain't a good time to cut her loose. Amen? And when Paul said, keep it put up, I wish to tell, I'm thinking tonight of people that if they had listened to what I told them, if they'd have just listened, they'd have stayed out of the divorce court. If they'd have just listened, they'd have not wrecked their lives and split up and had some of the heartache and I'm not God and your pastor's not God and we're not time to play God, but you have to admit that God gives you a pastor to help feed you the word of God, to pray for you and to watch over you and my friend, you have the luxury of coming and saying, Preacher, what do you see? Boy, I can tell you some things. 
Uh, I just let me just give you one example. We had a lady uh, in our church, and she's there now, and, and a fine lady, uh, uh, a fine person. And her and her husband joined our church, and they were a young couple, had two little children, and they weren't real faithful. They wasn't coming really like they ought to be coming to church. But this man had an offer. He was working. He was working for Verizon Phone Company, and uh, but he had an offer to go. Uh, preacher and be a youth director. Well, here's my uh, thing about this. If a man ain't even coming to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, he dead sure ought not be a youth director. Say amen right there. Hey. And, and, I, and they come in and, and he said, I got this offer to be a youth director. I said, son, you need to get in church for a youth director. You, you're not coming to church faithful. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I love you, but I said, you, you, you don't have any business going and overseeing a bunch of young people. You're not ready. Well, he didn't like it. Now his wife said, yeah, preacher, I believe you're right. Well, he didn't like it. Well, uh, the next day I called and, uh, for him, but he was gone. I told his wife, I said, whatever you do, try to encourage him not to take that. I'm telling you, don't take that. And uh, she said, well, he's talking about putting our house on the market. Brother Jenkins, I couldn't hardly even sleep over that thing. It bothered me. And the next week, I, I seen him again, and I told him, I said, don't, don't move with that. Don't do that. Now, listen to what I'm going to tell you. That man, uh, just a, a few weeks after that, this man worked out of town. Uh, most of his job was out of town, and he'd come in on weekends. And preacher, his wife was going to surprise him and go and see him and take their two little kids and go surprise him. And she did. She went to the apartment that the company had rented him, and she went around, parked the car around back. And she said when she went in, she noticed there was no pictures of her and the children anywhere because she had fixed that little apartment. And there was his wedding band laying on, the, laying on top of the, uh, the uh, uh, lay, she found it laying in a little old cup in there. And she just stayed in there. And that evening when he was supposed to be coming in work, he walked right in with another woman that he'd been living with. Now, wait a minute. She called me and she was screaming, crying. And she said, preacher, and she said, I just can't believe it. Let me tell you something. See, I didn't know all that was going on, but I knew down in my soul, as sure as my name's what it is, that they was not supposed to do that. And you said, well, why did he want to do that? You got me. I don't know. But I'll tell you, brother, when you get into sin, you're blinder than an alley cat. I can tell you that. You get blinded. And that old boy thought he could get up there and he was going to sell that house that, that, that his wife and kids had to live. He's going to sell the house and move up there. That house would have been out from under. She wouldn't have had anywhere to go. And she'd come back to me, I know, 10 times uh, over a couple of uh, 10 or 15 times and just kept saying, Preacher, thank you for the advice and thank you for praying for me and thank you for watching. And that man left with that woman and divorced her. And then God sent a man along, and she married another man, and they've had a children sent and doing wonderful. But even now, several years later, she'll come and say, Preacher, thank you for watching out for me uh, in the worst time in my life. Thank you for helping me. And, folks, if she would have just said, Well, I don't think you know what you're doing, and they would have went against me completely, and she'd have went with him, they'd have been out at sea with brother, I mean, with no sails, no paddles, no nothing. You see, don't bind the preacher when the storms come. You listen to your man of God. 
you listen to the man of God. Number two, when the storms come, not only don't bind the preacher, number two, don't blame God when storms come. Don't get mad at God. Don't blame God. Look at verse 21 through 25. Look at it here. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said to them, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not loose from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you, look at this. It doesn't sound like anybody mad to me. Be of good cheer. And do you see that? Uh, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. And then he said, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, and whose I am and whom I serve, uh, saying, uh, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Two times in those chapters he said, I believe God. Be of good cheer, be of good cheer, be of good cheer. Uh, he's not mad at God. Paul was in a storm of his life. I mean, brother, it was terrible. But Paul said, be of good cheer. Let me say tonight, children, we're in a storm down here. Hey, but be of good cheer. The captain still has a hold of the helm and everything's okay. And if you don't believe it, hang on. We're, we're going to be right on time in the rapture. Amen. Brother, let me tell you something. Hey, uh, we're, we're, I know it looks black and bleak and everything, but let me tell you something, that one day the trumpet's going to sound and we're going to pull out for a land as far than day. Amen. And by faith we can see it afar. And so be of good cheer. Don't blame God when storms come. Don't blame God. Don't get mad at God. There's too many people mad at God out here. Oh, you know, there's people sitting in church pews mad at God and some that won't even go to church because they're mad because one day uh, maybe they had a little baby that God reached down one day and pulled that little baby out and took it to heaven. You just better thank God there's a heaven. Thank God there's the grace of God to cover that little baby. And, uh, oh, you say, but preacher, I lost this or I lost that or this happened. Friend, let me tell you, the only thing that you and I rightfully deserve from God is to go die and go to hell. That's all. And anything we get besides that is a plus. Amen. Hey, so don't get mad at God. Don't blame God. When things happen, things are going to happen. And I got news for you. I don't understand everything that happened. I don't understand everything that happens. Man, I see things. I've had people in my church. I had a secretary here uh, two years ago, Miss Sandy Lucas. Preacher, I was preaching for you, Brother Jenkins, and got in the Traverse City Airport there, and they called me and told me she had two months to live, and she was like a sister to me. I just sit down in the airport and just sit down there and cried like a baby, just sit down and just wept and cried. I said, Lord, this woman's one of the greatest Christians I've ever met. A soul winner, a bus worker, a prayer warrior. And dear God, we need her. Lord, down here. But you know what? God reached down and took that good woman to heaven. Now, I don't understand it. But you see, that's God's business. You know what? David said, neither exercise myself in matters too high for me. You know what, brother? You're getting up in spaces you don't need to be in. Hey, it's like Brother Jenkins said last night. Don't get over in God's territory. Brother, let me tell you something. Don't climb trees you can't get out of. Neither exercise myself in matters too high for me. I don't try to figure out stuff. Sometimes I just say, God, that's just it. I don't understand it. And I ain't going to waste much time trying to figure it out. I ain't going to sit around and say, well, why'd God do this? You know what? He's God. And he sees the whole picture. God sees everything down here. Don't blame God. Hey, uh, when storms come, don't bind the man of God. Number two, don't blame God. Number three, don't battle the wind. I want to show you something else. Look at verse number 13. Look at verse 13 here. Uh, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing fence from, uh, 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 they sailed close by Crete. But not long after... 
there arose against it a tempest wind called Eulachadon. And when the ship was caught up and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. You know what that means? Can I tell you what that means? That means they said, boys, you better be hunting your hiding place. Uh, get out, turn that thing loose. It's going where it's going. We just let her drive. That means we let the wind take it where it's going to take it. Now let me tell you, in your life, if you'll just in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path and let the wind of the Holy Ghost just guide you and take you. You say, well, what if, listen, he knows better how to guide us than we do. He was taking them exactly where they needed to be. Oh, let me tell you, when storms come, let the wind, let, listen, don't, don't battle wind. You can't do nothing. Two things you better not do is if, if enough wind comes through, you better be hiding. And if enough water comes through, you better be hunting higher ground. Two things you can't control is wind and water. I'm telling you right now. Amen. And let me tell you something. The, the wind of the Holy Spirit of God is what we need blowing in our life. Hey, I had a, a family in my church. Ricky and Brenda Howe had three of the prettiest girls you ever laid your eyes on. And one was 17, one was 24, and one was 28. Three daughters uh, of the Howe family. And preacher one night sitting on Interstate 40, a drunk driver plowed into the back of them. And the car, uh, the shocks went up into the gas tank. And that thing ignited and burned them girls to death. I mean, I saw a picture of it. I've never seen anything like it. Flames higher than this ceiling and burned, and, and, and uh, they couldn't get out. And, the, and, the, and even the autopsy said they, they didn't have any, no harm done to them, but the doors jammed, and they was, couldn't get out, and they burned to death. And uh, I was preaching in West Virginia uh, that week, and uh, on Wednesday night, I told the preacher, I said, Preacher, I feel like I need to go home tonight. I just feel like I ought to go home, and I'll come back tomorrow night. It wasn't but a three-hour drive. I said, I'll be back tomorrow night. And I got home that night about midnight, took me a shower, and went to bed. At about 5 o'clock, my phone rang in the morning, and it was Keith Hilton. And Keith called, and he was crying. He said, Preacher, can you come to Mama's? That was my song leader. Can you come to Mama's house? He said, Megan and Misty and Tara have all been killed. That's his sister's uh, girls. They've all been killed in a wreck. And he said, it's a mess, and, and somebody's got to tell Mama, and we can't do it. You're going to have to go in and tell Mama. And she had had open-heart surgery, this woman had. And I had to, I got them to get me an ambulance up there, you know, in the workers. I said, it'll probably kill her, but if you want me to tell her, I'll tell her. You sure it's what you want? I got over there, Brother Buddy, it's still dark. And I got out of my car that morning, and there must have been 30 family members already gathered there, just walking around, hugging each other, moaning and croning and bawling and squalling. And I walked in that house and turned the lights on and went in that room and, and woke this woman and told her what happened. And then I had to leave there and go to the hospital where the dad and mother was and then where the grandparents was at the hospital. It was just awful. It was an all-day thing. And then drive back and preach up there that night, then come back the next day. And, uh, but anyhow, a couple of days passed, and it was, just, it was just, I can't tell you the pressure. I'd led every one of them girls to Jesus. And I didn't, I, didn't, I, I, I thought, and I know I've got to preach the funerals, but I couldn't get nothing from God. It didn't seem like nothing wouldn't come. And I said, God, there's got to be a message. And, and I looked, and I looked at every outline, thought about everything I could preach, and nothing seemed like it would open up. So I went to the house of these girls, and the mother uh, come out, preacher, and she had a little envelope about as big as this, about this big, a little gold envelope. And she come out and she said, Preacher, on Wednesday I had three of the most beautiful daughters in the world. And she reached and opened the end of that envelope and pulled it open. And now there was a little piece of cotton with a little black necklace from the fire and, and two little watches uh, that both stopped on the same time. 
and a piece of a $20 bill. And she said, that's all I have left of them. That's all I have. That's all I have left. Now, I'm going to tell you something, friend. When it's like that, you're in a big storm. And, and, and she said, preacher, can you please help us? And will you please preach the funeral and help us? I, I Listen, I'll just be honest with you. I, I felt as helpless as I've ever felt. And she said, here are their Bibles. And she had three little Schofield Bibles. And one of them was blue. A little blue Schofield. And she went to hand it to me. She said, this was Megan's Bible. And when she went to give it to me in the exchange between our hands, I almost dropped it. And a little bookmarker fell out on the floor. And it was one of our Sunday school bookmarkers where we keep your Bible reading. You can read, you know, uh, daily. And it's got the date and the scriptures to read. And on the back of it, she had put a little outline down that I had preached on a Sunday morning a year or two before that. Her sister, the oldest sister, had a heart transplant. Uh, Tara had a heart transplant. And when I was over there at the hospital seeing Tara... Uh, Brother Jenkins, uh, she was in the hospital. She said, Preacher, I don't think I'm going to make it. I just don't think I'm going to pull through this. And I said, Tara, listen to me. You're going to get a brand new heart, and you're going to be free from heart trouble. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to help you. She said, who ever heard of being free from heart trouble? I said, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> and I said, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to be free from heart trouble. Well, I went out in the hall when I was leaving, and I wrote down John 14. How to be free from heart trouble. There's a cure for a troubled heart in a place. You see. He said, my father's house, many mansions. John 14. Cure in a troubled heart in a place. Number two, there's a cure for a troubled heart uh, in, a, in, a, in a person. You believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. See. Then there's a cure for a troubled heart in a promise. He said, if I go, I will come again, receive you unto myself. Then there's a cure for a troubled heart in a plan. Salvation. I am the way, truth, and the life. Amen. And uh, so I, that's what I did. I wrote that down and went back Sunday morning and preached it. Well, that little sister, that baby sister, that 17 year old sister, preacher, she had wrote that outline down that morning on a little bookmarker and put a little smiley face over here and how to be true. And when that thing was laying there, when I went to pick it up, it fell out of that Bible and was laying there. The Spirit of God didn't speak to me audibly, but it was as real as if He did. He said, There's your sermon. There it is. Do you know what, Brother Teft? Now, I could have went back and got my outline, but hers was 10,000 times more effective yeah. when I told the crowd this was a message she had written down. Hey, listen, I had 76 people saved that morning in that, in that, uh, in that funeral service there that day. You know what it was? But I was battling trying to find it, and the whole time the wind was blowing. The whole time the wind was blowing and God was taking my boat right over to where I could reach down and get a hold of that thing. Hey, let, let me tell you something tonight. Don't battle the wind when the storms come. Let God lead things. You just make sure you get out of the way and let the Spirit of God take you where He wants to take you. And let me give you this right here. Uh, I said don't battle the wind. That's in verses 13 through 15. Then the list is right here. Don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. we got a bunch of bitter people yeah. around. And let me tell you, uh, it, it's killing us too. It's killing us. And that goes right along with where Paul said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Don't get better at God. Don't get better at life. Uh, battles come. Hey, my sister had cancer. They give her six months to live. She got cancer, an inflammatory cancer in her chest. They said, you're going to live six months. 
And uh, she said, no, I have a son that's seven, and I've got to get him at least in his 10 years. I'm not dying. I had four doctors standing there with him. I'm not going to die till he's, till he's 13. They said, Lisa, we wish we could tell you you could live to He's 13, but there's no way possible. She said, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to live till he's 13, and then I'll go. That's pretty, pretty bold. I mean, when you just tell him I ain't going to die. You know what? She lived six months, and she lived another year, and she went every Monday, every Monday of her life, and went and took chemo and radiation over and over and over again and four surgeries, went to her brain twice. I mean, she just battled and, but she went to the cancer center every Monday, an hour early, to go in there and witness and pass out tracts and would tell them, this is, she said, this, this cancer, she said, the best thing you can do with it is give it over to Jesus. And she won people in that cancer center all the time. She'd go there early and witness. She didn't let it get, and, and died just as sweet. Oh, she was the sweetest little Christian. And when her little boy turned 13, she died. She lived till he's 13 and she died. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And I was standing there when the doctor come in that told her that. And he's staring and wept like a baby. He said, I've never seen anything like it in my life. He said she had more faith in the best spirit of anybody I've ever met in life. And she just lived. He said, how she did it? I said, sir, it was God. She told you it was God. And he was a Christian himself. And he just shook his head. He said, I still can't believe it. Well, you know, that, don't, that ain't the case for everybody. But it was the case with her. But what did she didn't get better. And I'm going to tell you something, when the storms come, I don't care if it's a car wreck, cancer, I don't care what it is, heart surgery, uh, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter, divorce courts, whatever it is, don't get bitter at God. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Let me give you something else. Hey, don't blow your testimony. You know what, Paul didn't, Paul didn't blow his testimony. He just stayed right on there. Hey, he walked around and said, all right, boys, cheer up now. Hey, you know what? Hey, and then uh, it said, well, they said, where'd that preacher go? They said, oh, he's down there. He's down below. He's down there in that little closet down there. And he, you know what it was? He was working on radar before there ever was radar. And he came up and he said, after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, he said, uh, there stood with me this night an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. And he said, uh, he said, Paul, he said, you're going to go. And he said, there's not going to be a hair harmed on nobody's head. Well, no wonder he's of good cheer. God come right there and told him it's all right. Paul didn't care if the boat turned sideways. What it done? He said, it's all right. God's running this thing. Boys, take care. Hey, get of good cheer. And he didn't blow his testimony. Sometimes, you know, lost people's watching you. And if me and you come into work every Monday morning like we got the Mississippi Molly Grubs and we're all down in the mouth and, and complaining and fussing and complaining about how things is, no wonder they don't want God. No wonder. Oh, we better be careful and not blow your testimony. Then let me say this right here. Don't let, let up in the basement of prayer. Stay in prayer. Uh, Paul, after a long abstinence, that's all it was. He was praying. When storms come, learn to pray. And let me you better learn to pray before they come. And you better learn to pray when the sun's shining. And uh, no, we, God's not a Santa Claus. God's not a nine one one God. Now God can get it. Don't take God but a little bit to to get things going. But what I'm trying to say, I'd hate to think the only time I ever talk to God is when there's a crisis. Yes. 
Brother, we ought to get up every day. And every day we live, we ought to check in and make sure, brother, we're plugged in. Amen. I see people in the airports all the time. Brother, if we'd talk to God as much as we're on them phones, brother, I'll tell you right now, we'd be all right. Oh, listen, we went up there today to see Finney's birthplace. I'll tell you what, brother, let me tell you something. He prayed. And uh, he prayed. And let me tell you something. If you and me is going to make it through storms, you better be somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. Oh, let me tell you something. Then let me say this right here. Uh, Listen, don't do this. Don't banish soul winning opportunities. Don't banish soul winning opportunities. Look down at verse number. Look at uh, uh, Acts 27. Look at verse number 36. Look what it says. Then were they all of good cheer, and they took some meat. And we were in all the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. Didn't say men, said souls. No, say men, souls. You know why Paul didn't look at people as men? He looked at them as an eternal soul. Hey, let me tell you something. When you're going through the storm, best thing in the world to do. You see, because uh, the, 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 the Bible said in Psalm 126, 5 and 6, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Hey, if you're going through the storm, one thing you need is joy. Well, how do you get joy? When you see people saved, I don't care how rough it's getting, it'll still it'll, it'll pick you up. You say, well, at least thank God I'm going through the storm, but I am seeing people saved. I am seeing people saved. You know when they was operating on my heart, uh, going to do it, I was in the hospital 21 days. And I was in there for 10 days trying to get me off of blood thinners. And... I told my wife to bring me a bunch of tracks, and the doctor said, walk all you can walk. And that's a big old hospital. So what I did, I just got me some tracks, and I got in that thing, and I walked that whole, I'd walk that thing so much. I mean, I walked all day. I'd walk all day long and just walk, just walk all day. And you know what? You'd be surprised how many people I'd catch standing somewhere and just stop and get to talk to them, lead them to the Lord. You say, what was he going to do? Man, I, I didn't know. I said, this might be the last stop for me. This might be the last stop, and if it is, I'm going to go out with some fruit. Yeah. Amen. Hey, you know what? Paul said 276 souls on board. Let me give you this last thing. When the storm comes, let me give you the last thing. This one of the most important things you can do right here. Listen to me. The last thing, verse 31. Except you abide in the ship, you can't be saved. Hey, don't bail out. Stay in the boat. Hey, right here tonight, this church tonight is the ship. Now let me tell you something. The worst thing in the world you can do tonight, I'm talking about the worst thing in the world you can do tonight is when the storms come, is to jump out of the boat. In God's dear name, don't jump out of the boat. Amen? Stay with the boat. Stay with it. You say, why? Because I'll tell you what, the church ain't going down. This thing ain't going down. This thing's going up. This thing's going out. And let me tell you, it ain't going down. And so if I stay in here, this is where I'm going to get my strength. This is where I'm going to get encouraged. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, when you get here and the preachers pray and got something from heaven and he's going to help you and that good Sunday school teacher is going to encourage you and that good song leader is excited and he's going to encourage you with good hymns and songs and, and, and people shaking hands and smiling and telling you they love you and they're praying for you. This is where you get your encouragement. Whatever you do, don't jump out of the boat. Hey, me and my wife, I've only been on one cruise, only one. 
And you know, I, I'm an old country boy, and I don't know. Uh, it, it really ain't for me too much. I don't know. I just don't like to have that much water around me to where I can't get back to the land. You know what I'm saying? I'm I just not a, a, a cruiser like that, you know. I'm just not much. And, and the next thing, I'm not a good swimmer. And my wife can't swim a lick. And so, Brother Jenkins, when we went uh, on this cruise, we was getting our bags and all that and getting on, and they took us over and showed us our little room where we was going to stay. And I said, come with me, and we're going to go find out where the lifeboats are. <laughs> and we went up on the, the little, uh, you know, the uh, deck there and was looking around and looked over the edge, and all the way around that thing was these orange life rafts, and they was already pumped up. You know what I mean? They was hanging on the side of the boat, and I said, thank God for them things. I said, now listen, if something happens to this thing, you get with me and you hang on. I don't care what's happening, and we're going to get in one of them things. I said, we're not jumping in water because you can't swim and I can't much. And if we can get in a lifeboat, we'll make it. But we're not going to go. We ain't going to jump in the water. And there's more stuff in the water to hurt you than there is in the boat. Am I telling it right? Hey, let me tell you something. Hey, I'm afraid of sharks. Hey, you ain't never got to worry about this old boy getting in ocean water, Brother Jacob. Never. I'm, I'm talking about never. I read where shark attacks is most of them's in two to four feet of water. Well, that's where I'm at. Two to four feet. Hey, man, I ain't much taller than four foot. And I mean, that, hey, and I'm not getting in there and can't see what's going on around here. Hey, man. Hey, I watched Jaws one time, didn't take a bath for a month. Hey, man. <laughs> Now, I ain't getting in no, no ocean water. And I talked to Steve Crane's daddy down there. It was on that USS Indianapolis, and, and he was telling me about being out there and, and was telling me about the sharks eating those men. And, and, and he said that he would feel those sharks go under him and bump his feet. I'm going to tell you something, neighbor. <laughs> hey. Simon Peter walked on water and Jesus walked on water. But if I'd have been there, there'd have been a third one, Brother Taft. Amen. <laughs> I'd have got out of there some way. I'd have been treading water. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, but, but I'm not jumping in the water. You know what? I, here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. The worst storm you ever have, let me tell you where you, you, you're going to make it if you stay in here. Just whatever you've got to do. If you have to limp in, crawl in, somebody carry you in, help you in, whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do when the storms come, just get here. And, and about the night you think you ain't, can't make it, you say, well, I don't know if I can make it or not. That's about the time the tide's going to roll in and the Holy Ghost will blow through this place and you'll get exactly what you needed that night to help you through the storm. Oh, let me tell you something tonight. I, I, I wish I could tell you there ain't any storms, but let me tell you they'll come. Everybody I ever know's dang thing for God, they come their way. I guarantee you, if we stood tonight and had people stand in this room tonight, they could stand and say, Preacher, people don't even know this, but this is going on. I've went through this, I've went through that, I've went through this, I've went through that. Storms, they come. And the best thing to do is to know what you should not do and what to do. Let's bow our heads and our Heavenly Father, I pray. Uh, God, tonight, uh, that you would help the people here. Lord, in this church and these that are gathered here tonight, Lord, 
to remember this little message and God that they'd take it and use it for the glory of God. And I pray, dear Father, you'd help them. Dear Lord, to mark this chapter and to mark down these little thoughts that they can use, Lord, when things come. And Lord, they will come. Help us not to forget. Help us not to forget. And God, thank you for this camp meeting. Bless, Lord, Brother Vasek and the work here. And God, give them many, many years of fruitful labor and save sinners. And God, help them to grow. And bless Brother Jenkins as he comes tonight to preach in a little bit. Give him the power of God. Use him, we pray. Thank you for this meeting in Jesus' name. Amen.